All right, guys, welcome to One Size Fits None. Today, we are mixing it up, and we're going to go masterclass style on you with Sweb. And um, we are going to talk about fundraising and finances and money and all the things you need to know for planting your church successfully and not going broke in the process. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you need to go broke in the process, and maybe Sweb will touch on that. Maybe that's one of the answers, yeah. That that might be one of the answers. So... Uh, we've gotten lots of questions and lots of comments in and throughout the other episodes about finances and yeah. some good things that happened, some bad things that happened. And so we thought, man, let's take an episode and just talk about it. I so like Sweb, all of that. But hang on a second. You I love are that you a said finance this is like guru. A, hang on. Hang okay. On. I love that you said that we we're talking like a masterclass thing and I'm just propped back in this chair. Look, Do I look like I'm leaning back like Santa Claus? Because I'm really, looking at myself, I'm lean back. It's just really than what it was when we were You know what? We desk. really need to put this on video because you're lean yes. back, you got your coffee going, and I went and I plucked my unibrow right before this as if it was going to be on YouTube, and it's not. It's an audio podcast. You can't well, tell my eyebrows Well, if you work on it, all. then I guess we are going to do that. I wear a hat, so the, my eyebrows will stay in the shadows, and it's not a problem right here. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's lesson number one <laughs> is make sure you have enough money to buy some good tweezers. Because mine are not good enough. Uh, so That's Sweb, true. Teach how me. your brow looks affects how you communicate to the masses, for sure. So That's what I was taught. So All right. we've got some big, big like buckets to talk about. And yeah. one of the things that you love to talk about, and you talked to me a lot before we launched, and then also Forrest Coleman on his episode brought this up. Mm-hmm. It's a little little sticky, sticky statement that you say often. And so I'd love for you to just kind of dig in and show us what this looks like. And it's simply this, don't sell your vision. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that looks, I guess, I don't know, that looks different for a lot of people, I guess. And some people I'm more ranty on than others about <laughs> it. Um, some people, um, you know, they leverage their vision to go grab a couple of dollars and then, but they don't sell their soul. And so there's probably a lot of nuance to it. But ultimately what I'm saying yeah. is um, because somebody gives you money doesn't mean you need to change your philosophy of ministry or sometimes even your theology. But I find that a lot of people do. They sell their soul. <laughs> and that sounds so dark. But what I mean is it's like, well, we decided to go. It, uh, here's how I know it happened is when somebody's when we're talking, whether it be friends that I know or um, church planners that like from this podcast, they call me like, all right, I'm going to get 30 minutes with Sweb just to ask him a couple questions, a couple questions or whatever. So it goes the whole spectrum. Uh, again, strangers, all the way people I know. And they start a sentence with like, well, we decided to go with so-and-so, you know, network, organization, uh, sending church, you know, whatever. Because of money, they will say that the dollar amount, they gave us more. The Baptists were going to give us 3000 a month. ARC obviously gives us fifty. Um, you know, we were going to go with, you know, 429 or, or whatever, or Acts 29. Uh, 429 is another church, I think. Um, we're going to go to Acts 29 or, or whatever the thing was in the past. And it's either 5000 a month, 50000 flat. 100,000 over three years from the sending church. And my point is, if you say the story and and you, whether you mean it or not this way, the fact that it comes out of your mouth is we went with blank because of dollar amount. Then you just mm-hmm. told me you sold your vision. Um, it doesn't mean that these people paying or, or donating money because they're not paying for the whole thing. Um, even if they give you 100,000, that, that better not pay for your whole first year. Uh, I wouldn't call that lean. I would just say that that's broke. Um, and you probably ought to take an extra year to raise some more money. So we'll, maybe we'll get to that in a minute. But my point yeah. is, um, I know that they're not paying for all of it. I know that you're not 
legitimately in a more literal sense selling your soul to the devil. I get that. But you have just said and admitted that you have chosen to go and align your values with another organization because of money. And that sounds a little prostitution-y. It sounds a little mercenary-ish. Uh, it sounds a little even lemonade Spanish. Like I just, I just need a couple bucks. So whatever I gotta do, man. Like I was down the street with lemonade, and just that church money <laughs> network is money. Yeah, but, you know, it just sounds like that, and that's ultimately what I'm saying. Because I see that then trickle down. Because if you start that domino on the first day, it happens later when the old lady comes and says, "Hey, if you'll turn the music down, I'll give you ten grand." Mm. Hey, listen, I want to give you twenty thousand dollars to donate to such and such organization. And I was like, "Well, then why don't you donate it?" But they want to now use you as a clearinghouse, basically. Um, mm. which is, you know, it's, it's not, it's not full on money laundering, I guess in that way, but it is sort of like, Hey, yeah. I'm going to give you money, but only if you use it for that, it's not really for you. I just want you to send it from me through you to the organization, but you're used to that because you've developed the muscle to take money. Uh, because again, that's the thing that greases your wheels. And I just hate it when people do that and you see it all the time. So, yeah, yeah, that's so good. And <clears throat> pretty much everyone we've had on the, on the podcast so far, I don't think any of them have just gone solo. So there, right. there's a lot of people that are getting organizations backing them. Like we went with, we went with ARC and the, the big question is like, okay, did you, did you think about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, did you yeah, actually right. think about the requirements, what they want, whatever? Mm-hmm. And so that's huge. And there's such a distinction there. I love that, yeah. that illustration of the old lady coming $10,000 to turn the music down. And you think mm-hmm. right now, like I would never do that, but never you're did. setting yourself up to like become the type of person that would do that. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. and again, I've, I've, I've got, I've got tons of stories of that. Uh, and again, we, it sounds funny right now when we talk about old lady or volume, but what mm-hmm. if it's like a new friend who's a country club member, who's got $20,000 and again, it's for God behind bars or something again, great organization, yeah. prison ministry, but you're a church of 150 people three years in. And all of a sudden that $20,000 needs to go to God behind bars. Again, love Jake, love the team, love the ministry, whatever. But is that aligned with your vision? Or all of a sudden, are you like, because now you're going to be the person that stands on stage and goes, hey, man, I got a vision from the Lord. No, you didn't. You got a check. And you're using the <laughs> phrase, I got a vision from the Lord. And that's still mm. a version of what I'm saying is you're selling your vision. You said, I'm for sale. And well, you know, sometimes God speaks through money. No, no, I don't. I don't know that you get to say that. I, I understand that God can grease the wheels and do and provide and all that. I get that. But you, you said that a little too easy. And it's really because mm-hmm. you got to check. You didn't have a vision for God behind bars or the homeless shelter down the street or to build a dadgum dream center, which is still a trend apparently, all because somebody wrote a check for it. It wasn't ever on your plan. It's not in your your legal pad that you wrote from starting a church. It wasn't in your prospectus when you mailed them to 100 people like me to say, hey, will you pay for it? But when somebody said, I'll pay if, all of a sudden you're ready to go. And to me, that's where your, your values have started to shift towards wh- where's the income stream. So mm-hmm. it happens all the time. It happens all the time. So let me, can I jump ahead then? Because the yeah. other argument would be, well, is that bad? Yes and no. Hey, if you're really disciplined and you never saw it coming and somebody gives you $20,000, you decide to go to, again, support, let's say, prison ministry or something. Again, something great. Again, God Behind Bars, great ministry all over the country or maybe the world. I don't remember how far they reach. But the point is, great, good organization. Is that bad? Not Not necessarily. But I, now I'm asking other questions of what made you go there? What's going to keep you from doing that again? Is it something you can sustain? Uh, are you going to start calling a prison campus a campus? <laughs> I wish people would stop <laughs> doing that trend. Can we do a conversation about how you count your numbers, by the way? Maybe that'll be another masterclass rant. So now all of a sudden we're just changing all about who we are, which all sounds good. Again, it, maybe it could be good, but a lot of it's not because you thought about it. A lot of it's because somebody paid for it. 
And I just feel mm-hmm. like it's a slippery slope. I see go sideways all the time. So Yeah. Wow. So really, I mean, that even comes back to knowing what your actual vision is and right. whether or not you even know what that is. And then money just comes alongside your vision, right? And it either accelerates it or decelerates it. (laughs) Right. And so you have to know what your vision is before you get the money. Okay, so you mentioned something, uh, I think just kind of in passing, but it's very interesting. You mentioned, uh, you know, you got $100,000. Well, maybe you should not launch because that's not going to sustain you. So how much do you need to launch? Is that different for each context or do you have like a, hey, man, I would not launch without X number. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I do think it's unique to every person, uh, even to personal, um, you know, context. So some people may have their wife that does 70, 80, $90,000 a year as some, you know, other professional career role, whatever. Uh, maybe you have in-laws that say, hey, listen, we'll pay your salary. We'll support you for two years until you get the thing off the ground. There's a lot of that. And I've seen those. Mm-hmm. That's great. If, you, are you, if you're blessed in that way, that's fine. But even then, it's not just the money that says, Hey, it's time to go. But that's just an example of how maybe for every person it's different. Plus of course, where you launch, Hey, we're going to start a downtown San Francisco church, man. I hope you got $7 million. You know, (laughs) it's just, it's cost a fortune over there. We're going to reach downtown Austin. I mean, good luck, man. That's a fat check you're going to need. Um, but again, you're in the suburbs of West Texas or our buddy from Liberty down the street over North, North of Houston, maybe that's cheaper. Okay. That's fine. And you can, you can shrink the budget a little bit. So again, lots of nuance, lots of different math problems and, and, you know, just, just work it. Um, general thoughts though, that I'm, I'm throwing out is I generally would want somebody to have in cash paid for the first year, not pledged. I want to see the money. I want to see the dollar bills, the bank balance. Do you have the first year paid for? And they'll say, yes, we have rent. That's not what I asked. I want to know that that $50,000 sound system that you said you absolutely had to have. Do you do you have it? Or, did, well, we didn't have enough money, so we went ahead and got $10,000 sound system. It's fine. But again, why did now money change your vision? Because you yeah. said we're going to do the best. Excellent. It's going to work. It's going to be great. We're not going to do Axiom wired systems all over the stage over there for, for in-ears and stuff. We're going to mm-hmm. go go out and do it well. Um, but, but money. Let's see, now you sold your vision again kind of in the other direction. So I want to know that you've prescribed, hey, here's what we do. Here's the equipment we need to do what we said we're going to do or we want to do. We've added it yeah. all up for the first year. It takes this. Now, that could mean staff. I, I'm a huge fan of not paying staff till you're 500 north of 500 people or something like that. Again, talk about that later if you want. But um, I think people pay staff too early is kind of what I'm saying there, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Lead pastor gets a paycheck on some level. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. And again, if you've got a lot of cash, feel free to pay some people. I just think they ought to get their we ought to get our money's worth out of it. Um, yeah. but so, so, but if, if you say that you need to do that, okay, then what's that salary slash benefits? Are we buying computers for everybody? All of a sudden, six months in, all of a sudden people start getting different stipends. For, well, they drive 20 minutes. We've got to pay their gas now. Man, you got to put that into your budget the first time. Don't be nickel yeah. and dominant and say, I think we can do it for 110000 for the first year. And it turns out to be 180. That's a very common story. It's a very mm-hmm. common story because it's just, I just want to get started. Right. But then when you do that, you're behind the eight ball forever. And mm. I want to do the opposite. I'd rather have 300 in the bank, find a sale, do it for 150. And now my one year expenses, I've got two years worth of money, but because I'm a good investment and a good steward that way. And because I'm true to my vision and I'm focused and I'm simple. And I know the three things that I told, that told everybody we're going to give our lives to because I do all that, then money keeps flowing to it because I did this crazy, crazy thing called consistency, integrity, yeah. wholeness. I did what I said I would do. Um, and to me, that's what unlocks a lot of people like, man, that's a good investment. That's exactly how, if, if anybody here is listening 
that puts any sort of intentional thought into investing your personal finances, whether it be into stocks or your 403B as a church retirement or 401Ks or any of that kind of stuff, you are doing it because you believe in the investable quality. That, I don't know if that's a word, but the investable quality of that company. Well, that's the same thing here. And so money is going to flow to that, not for people that have a really great graphic or a really great plan mm-hmm. or because God said – um, you know, and I feel like those, those aren't, those aren't sales pitches. If God said, then he's going to pay for it. Then do your own thing. Stop sending me requests for money. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately that's, I want to see the formula. That's huge with, I mean, I've seen that firsthand of just, mm-hmm. it, it's so hard to catch up yeah. if you, if you don't start ahead. Right. And, and so, you know, one, one of our goals before we launched was if no one showed up, if there were no guests, Right. We would have people in the building because our launch team was big enough. Yep. And then number two, if no one gave for the first year, we would have enough money in the bank to pay mm-hmm. for everything. Yeah. And and I'm grateful that we did that because now we've got money sitting in our savings and we have mm-hmm. margin. And, yeah. and just from our experience, we have seen um, that God really just blesses when you're a good steward. So are so. you a good steward in your personal yep. finances and your church finances? And, yeah. and we've, we have a lot of really young people at our church. The average age is like 25. And we've mm-hmm. recently started to get some businessmen and, and they can tell when you steward yeah. something well or not. Yep. And yep. they will yep. invest heavily in something that they believe is a good mm-hmm. investment. That's and exactly right. the exact opposite is true as well. Yep. So, uh, that's big. So we're talking about um, all the you know money you need to launch, blah blah blah. But how do you get to that number? So like, is yeah. that would you put percentages on on things from from pre launch? I know there's formulas out there, right? I do like percentages. People? I know I know you've done something similar to that, and, and I think as you get going, let's say six months or a year, and then beyond, I think you budget moving forward on percentages. So yeah. for example, this is not the answer to the church plant launch question, but moving on, the example would be, hey, never never had, never spend more than, let's say, 30% of your total budget on a facility or never spend more than 40% of your budget on, on personnel. And I mean yeah. all personnel, meaning their insurance, the whole bit. Um, you know, I never spend more than, you know, 20% on, you know, the ministries department or something like that. Like I think percentage budgeting, budgeting is the way to go. It loosens you up and it, it allows you to expand as you grow, but also is good to keep you rigid when, when you're not. And when you are lean, um, it can't just be, we're going to go with 5,000. Well, 5,000 one year could be 30%, 5,000 the next could be 10%. So that's a yeah. massive shift, even though you just think, oh, it's just 5,000. Uh, mm-hmm. So percentage budgeting is the much wiser way to go. Again, even in your personal finances, it's just the best way to go. I think even when God set up the whole 10% tie thing, same thing. It's just better than him saying, hey, every month I need $1,000 from you. <laughs> no, no, bro, yeah. just like the first fruits, man. Let's just cut it in a, into a percentage. So to me, that's just mathematical, like even just worldly wisdom um, mm-hmm. that I feel like is just a good practice. But again, that's moving on because you don't really know that up front. You're starting the church. What the heck's a percentage? Um, yeah. you know, it's just you and five dudes that think you want to start a church in some other town. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, if we go back to the idea of like, Hey, can you at least fund your first year? Well, what does that mean? Well, I have to have a job. My wife is broke. We got seven or my wife is unemployed. We got 17 kids that we just decided to have because, you know, we went to that Christian college that told us that's the plan, <laughs> you know, whatever, like, okay, well then that means you probably need a salary a little quicker as the, the lead guy, the church planner, the visionary, the catalyst, whatever your title is. Um, yep. and that, that's fine. So let's just move, move that to what 50, 60. And I'm talking about total, please don't need a lot of money. You can put 17 kids in a two bedroom apartment. But the yep. point is whatever that number is now, boom, right off the bat, because you needed a salary because you weren't disciplined to save and do your own and all that kind of stuff. Now, boom, we are already at, let's call it 60. 
uh, yeah. your facility. Well, is it a movie theater that's seventy five dollars a week per auditorium, or is it four thousand a week for a high school? And that depends on the the place you go and the the uh, the uh, school district and all that kind of stuff. But you yep. need to know that up front. It can't be like, hey, we're going to shoot for a hundred and then go get your facility. Mm-hmm. And then your facility is like, hey, it's four thousand. Your percentages are just all of a sudden out of whack. Yeah. Now, now you're now you're behind because you planned on probably a thousand a month, and they said four thousand a week. But hey, God told us that's the place to go. Let's shine. He's shown his face to us that way. And he, the Shekinah glory came down and said, "That's the building." Okay, fine. Then do that, and he'll pay for it. Just don't ask me for it anymore because you didn't plan. Um, yeah, so and that's even like working people, working backwards, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. So when we moved, we knew that. Our, our goal was no more than 35% in salaries. Yeah. And I wanted that to be under that because I was the only person on staff. Right. Now, my yeah. wife doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. We sold our house, moved in with my parents, saved a ton mm-hmm. of money. And mm-hmm. before we launched, um, we lived off of savings and we lived yeah. off of a part-time job I had at, uh, at dad's church still doing stuff mm-hmm. for, for yeah. him. But then when we launched officially, I went on, quote unquote, on staff and yep. got paid. And we knew what that what that number was going to be. So we right. literally just worked backwards and said, okay, yep. well, that's 25% of what number? And yep. so we went and said, okay, well, we have to raise this amount of money. I, I don't mm-hmm. know, 200, 250,000, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that was our goal. And we put that on our stuff. And, you know, businessmen too, we found anyway. Yes. When we sat down with them and we had a business plan, they love that and they yep. gave to that. If we showed up and just said, we're going to start a church and all the right. passion in the world right. and, and all the vision in the world, but nothing on paper, they right. don't care. Nope. <laughs> You're not a nope. good investment, you know? Yeah. And so, and we learned yeah, a lot of that, yeah. that from ARC and, and different places yep. like that, but yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you're right. Like there's an old saying that says the owners chase pennies. Like I'm the owner of this Mm. house and therefore I go around and I turn the light switches off. My kids don't own it. Therefore, they don't chase the pennies that it costs me to leave the lights running all night long. So Mm. that kind of thing, owners chase pennies. You'll see the same with your Warren Buffetts and and Elon Musk. It sounds funny that they would say, well, they're billionaires. They don't need to. No, they're worried about those little details. And so the same thing here, when when you want somebody to take ownership in your church, join your church, give to your church, that's some version of ownership. Again, if you buy a stock, by definition, you are literally an owner of that company. This is the same thing. So people are chasing those pennies. They want to see, did you count your pennies? And again, yeah. let's let's jump into scripture real quick. It's always funny when people want to, I, I think, misquote and take way out of context. Did Jesus left the 99 for the one? Yeah. Well, at the very minimum, it's because he knew about the 99. That's good accounting. Because mm-hmm. of he understands the 99, then the one works. But that context gets taken out of scripture. Hey, I'm just flipping. I don't really care. Then Jesus left the 99 for the one. No, that, that's not how that scripture works. You don't get to weaponize it in that way. So I think it's good that you know all that. And this all takes a lot of work. So like you said, you're working backwards. That's that's good wisdom on your part. You got some good counsel, some good coaching. Again, you didn't start a church at 21. No offense for the people that are 21 and want to start a church. But the point is you'd lived and kind of had to you know balance your checkbook every now and then. So you, you've seen what that looks like. Yeah. And so that's good. Well, actually, let me pause you yeah. there. Because yeah. when we started the church, I had to learn how to write a check. So <laughs> I didn't. I, I learned that Miss Rumsey's Google. class in fifth grade. Y'all didn't do that? Bro. <laughs> Different time, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's interesting. Well, um, okay. So hang on. Let's keep going on this list real quick, though. I think people and facilities cost the most. I think you got to have your yep. resources to do, do actual church, which is your, you know, your, your regular everyday signage type of stuff. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you need some sort of advertising, marketing, uh, communication pieces. So if you're the mailer guy, fine. If you're the billboard guy, fine. You're the Facebook ad guy, fine. Whatever. But all that has to be considered. But there's two numbers in all of these. There's your initial expense. And then there's your ongoing um, 
Oh, okay. That's interesting. That text we just got, but I know I just broke up our podcast here. I just thought that was interesting. Um, so, um, as we prepare to record another podcast after this one, um, but there's a launch budget, the, the initial, like kick this thing off budget. And then there's the ongoing budget. And I want to see both. And a lot of people merge those two together. They say, Hey, we need 20,000 in signage. Wait, is that, is that signage as in like, it gets us going or is that signage that's going to la- live with you for three years? Are you going to mm-hmm. come to me six months later and say, Hey, we're going to update our signage. I need you to think, um, ahead of time. Same with the mailer, man, your advertising budget's 40 grand. Yeah. Well, we're doing two mailers. First of all, stop doing mailers. Secondly, um, <laughs> I don't know that 40 grand is the great number because you're putting a lot of money into a hope. I'd much rather like who's paying for the 40 grand in that case. Show me that your team has been tithing to this, exi- to this soon to be church for let's call it six months or a year. Uh, and you've already got money saved up because you are operating, operating your vision uh, and, and you're giving towards it now, not waiting for everybody else to give towards it too. So anyway, all that adds up. There, there's a mm-hmm. lot of lines. I think, if, I think if somebody were to sit in front of me and ask me to help them, I want to see a spreadsheet. That's probably, this is a literal number, 50 plus uh, lines long itemized list of, of not so much the mic cable, but I do mm-hmm. want to know that the the accessories like mics and cables and stands is $4,000. And then I want to know the sound board expense and I want to know all that. So I want to see a long line or excuse me, a long list of information. Again, owners chasing pennies. And yeah. I think if people did that, they would think they would they would find out real quick. It's not a round number of 250. It's also not an easy number. We can get it done for 80. I, I got a feeling that number is going to end with some sort of pennies. Uh, it's probably like $347,619.47. If somebody were to bring me that, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. bro, I'll write a personal check as best I can to contribute to that. And I have supported a couple of friends in our churches because they came with details. Um, and so that's, but again, it's nuanced. It's a lot of context. So I know we've kind of ranted on a few different angles here and haven't given people a specific formula because there's not. But the point yeah. is, I feel like it's just got to be budgeted out line by line of what you actually think or, you know, or telling us you're promising to use and why you need it. Yeah. I mean, that, that gets me to thinking even like I'm, I just went and found my, our launch budget and we have stuff itemized and maybe too much, but we have stuff itemized down to parking cones and rain gear. Good. And, you know, we've got uh, payrolls, 501c3, tents, social media ads, lighting console, pipe and drape, all the things that you need for the Right. For your church plant. And then we ha- we separated ours and for good or bad pre-launch budget versus mm-hmm. first year budget. Good. And that was given out to all of our, our good partners and our launch team. And and that even moves us to that question. Um and, and just to give a, a solid example of what we did, not the best way necessarily, but just an example of what we did. We started from the beginning and said, All right, and, and a lot of this is very common arc mm-hmm. and Southern Baptists and all these people say the same things pretty much, but we did 35 salaries, 35% salaries, 25% ministries, 20% rent, 10% uh, we gave to missions. And then 10% we said, all right, let's, let's start off saving because it's hard mm. if you don't ever start. That's exactly so right. that was, that's just our example that yeah, you got to figure out your vision. And then, um, so speaking of launch team, should they be giving from the beginning should they be tithing from the beginning? Is that barrier to entry? I know we've talked about that a little bit. We didn't do that as much personally. We asked people to to give, but we did not make them. Mm-hmm. And that I think I said on my podcast that might be something we go back mm-hmm. and change. But well, I 
Okay, this goes back to a topic I'll do on my own podcast and YouTube channel eventually, but the series of multi-site conversations. Um, so this is sort of like a shameless, vague plug tease thing here. <laughs> but that, that's a conversation we're going to have of, of an interest meeting versus an investment meeting. I hate the phrase, we have an interest meeting to see if we're going to start this campus or whatever. I hate that because uh, everyone's interested as long as there's no commitment. Well, I don't, I'm not building on that. I need this. I'm going to call it even internally. You can call it whatever the heck you want out publicly, but internally I'm saying it's an investment meeting. So I'm going to come in and lean in real hard and say, this is what we're going to do. This is why you get to be invited into this room. And if you want to come back into this room, you will give, serve, sign up, be at the thing next week, whatever the case is. But too many people start and stop with, well, we're just going to have an interest meeting. Well, what if nobody's interested? You're not going to do it anymore. So again, now your vision's for sale to everybody's opinion. So now we're back to that. Well, in the same vein of what you're talking about, somebody wants to go, hey, Austin, I can't wait to come, you know, help build heart and soul. It's going to be awesome and launch church with you. I mean, let me know when you get there officially and then I'll start tithing. Well, that's not even biblical, dude. So I feel like that's a little weird. Now, somebody probably listening wants to argue, well, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And if it's not a church yet, it's not really a storehouse. <laughs> I just I don't know that the technicality that argument holds water based on the, what I hear in that mentality of like, wait and see, don't commit, don't sell out. So, yes, all that to say, if somebody says I'm aligning my heart, my soul, no pun intended, my values with this particular church ministry person, leader, whatever, then, man, let's go where you're treasure is i don't know there's some scripture about that right (laughs) like yeah then your freaking heart's gonna be there and if you say your heart's there then back it up with your money it goes both directions so i think yes they absolutely have to now that's just the quote interest meeting level version if somebody says hey i'm on the launch team and you have Mm -hmm. some sort of requirements that say hey you have to come to these three meetings a month or or whatever as we get ready to move cities or start or whatever the thing is that you're doing that to me is a no-brainer it's it's a cost of admission now, I know that they're not paying transactionally. If you tithe, therefore you get in. That's that's a mindset. But operationally, it's probably going to look like that. Hey, you're not mm-hmm. even tithing, which means you're not an owner, in this case, chasing pennies. You're not investing into the thing you say that you're invested in. Uh, your treasure's not here. Therefore, I can't believe that your heart is here. That's just straight Bible. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, for yeah. me, it's a 100% requirement. There's no gray area. There's no one, well, what's the King James Version say versus NIV say about a storehouse? Like there's none of that for me. Because I'm trying to build this on people, and there does, there does, re- it, I think it does require some sort of tactical, practical, um, like logic that says, "Hey, if you're here, be here financially, yeah. mentally, the whole bit." Uh, and I do think that that's a flaw that a lot of people do because they're interested in the, the interest. I mean, I, I don't want to ask too much. I don't want to set a bar for anybody. I just want warm bodies, really. Because now you got to babysit people who aren't invested. But if they're invested, mm-hmm. they tend to babysit themselves. That's true for you yeah. uh, in your own personal life. So same, I, I just can't imagine that we'd want to do that. But again, that's just because people are so interested. I just want somebody to listen to me. I just want people in the room. I just don't want to talk to the Zoom meeting anymore. I want to talk to humans in the room. And so those kind of things add up to, I think, people lowering the bar. Yeah, and that's a yeah. that's a big tension, I think, for every church planter, especially mm-hmm. if you're launching and you're not, how do we say this? You're not a famous person or yeah. you don't have like a big following and you're just right. a normal guy that... Right has been faithful to the Lord and you're going to start a church because he called you to start a church. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. most people. And most of the time you don't hear about them. And that's the tension is like, you desperately need people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You desperately need people. And the temptation is to take away all of the requirements to be a part of this and just get the warm bodies. Which is ironic because you need people to 
dot, dot, dot. What? Give, serve, show up, invite. Exactly. You need them to do that, which in that yep. case, those aren't high bars. Those are baseline standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because if, if yeah. you have people that show up that do nothing else, like, what is that to me? Again, that's more work on you. That doesn't even make logical worldly sense. Uh, not yeah. to mention mobilizing people for, you know, kingdom growth. So that's what's so funny is you need warm bodies. Finish the sentence to dot, dot, dot. And I feel like most people <laughs> don't say that part to do what? Yeah. So, well, they, I, I think a lot of people don't think about it that way. They yeah. think about, mm-hmm. we just need a number, an attendance mm-hmm. type number. Right. They don't need a, right. like, what's the why? What's the why? Right. And that even goes back to the vision is, and talking about fundraising and giving and money is, you know, you've heard it a thousand times people give to vision, they don't give to need. And right. I think a lot of times we get turned into salesmen almost. Yep. And, yep. and we're trying to sell people on whatever. Well, people people would rather buy into your vision and they want to yep. buy. And before that, I think people buy into you. So mm-hmm. are you yep. a good investment? Yeah. So and, there's a pitch and a presentation. If you're pitching me, it's because you've showed me your lack of faith and your lack of preparation. And I can tell that in a pitch. Oh, man, mm-hmm. if I'm going to say it right, they're going to give me something because I have no faith and I, I haven't prepared correctly. So I just need to pitch them on that one shiny thing. Let me bring the good looking blonde worship leader because apparently every church has to have one of those. And if I bring that and, of course, wear all my denim and my worship leader hat and then if I say it this way and I make sure to drop a couple of names that I know who don't support me at all, but I was you know, in a picture with them at a conference or a green room. If I, if I do all these things and kind of pitch it correctly, then I'll get mm. things. And that just screams to me, maybe it's just because I have experience now of, hey, they have a lack of faith and lack of preparation. But if somebody's presenting an opportunity and then they go, but hey, I, I got somewhere else to be, I like that. It's like, oh, they, they don't need me. They just want something for me. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. And that comes out in the tone. So I can tell the difference in a pitch and presentation based on somebody's posture. Do they mm. chase me down? Or do they sit me down, present me something that that they think is awesome, but at the end of the day, they are welcome to leave it. They are open to leave it and be like, hey, I gave you the option because I got faith and I got preparation, meaning I don't need you. And there's a big tone shift in those two P words. Um, And again, I feel like everybody probably just started to think in that term of like, am I presenting an opportunity or am I pitching an idea that I want somebody else to pay for? Uh, Yeah, that's huge. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and. Like, are you going to do it with or without them? Yep. Did right. I think Alan Kendrick's episode was so good because he was just like, do what God freaking right. told you to do. Right, right. Okay, well, if you pitch it that way, present it that way, right. man, that's totally different. And, we, and, right. and I don't know who we heard of that from originally. It might have been you, but we did that in our fundraising kind of vision casting whatever's mm-hmm. and we did that over coffee we didn't have right. like a big meeting right. where people came to and they said right. you know here's what we're doing and here's how you can give like we contacted individual people mm-hmm. and we sat mm-hmm. down with individual people and mm-hmm. when we sat down with individual people we said this is what we're doing this is what god has called us to do this is right. our big vision here's our right. business plan we would love for you to be a part of it but whether you're a part of it or not, and we we almost verbatim said this, whether you're a part of it or not, we're going to do this. We're and do God it. has called us to do this. And we actually put, I don't know if this is biblical, but I pretended like it was all during mm-hmm. pre-launch. <laughs> we put <laughs> deadlines on people and we would tell people whether it was launch team yeah. or fundraising or whatever, we'd say, hey, look, in three days, we're going to contact yeah. you and we're going to see how you want to partner with us. And whether you want to partner with us, because anybody can talk themselves into or out of anything and with enough time. Yes. Yep. So you give them too much time or you you put the ball in their court, they'll never contact you again. Yep. So 
we said, we're going to contact you. We're meeting on Wednesday. We'll contact you on Friday and yep. see how you want to partner. And yep. we would contact them and, and call them on it. And, um, and it, I mean, for us anyway, it worked. Of course, our secret yeah. weapon was Sarah. And so not everyone has a Sarah, which is my wife. Right. And, right. and so. No, that's, that's, and that's good wisdom. I know, I obviously, I know that about your story. And I think that is something people need to go back and rewind just that last two minutes, because that is something I think everybody needs to do. It's the same thing happens in the investing world. You know, if somebody wants to be an entrepreneur and they need $10 million to start their thing. They don't, they don't go to a conference and start throwing flyers at everybody. They talk to a venture capitalist that mm. by the way, they probably leveraged a substantial amount of relational equity to pull strings, to meet people, to say, can you get me in the room with that guy? Either way, it's still personal and it's a high investment from an equity standpoint that says, oh my gosh, I've got to come prepared. I got to mm -hmm. make sure I believe what I'm even saying. So everything you just said makes sense because when you do that, then you can make a big ask with a timeline on it and say, this yeah. is happening no matter what. Don't miss out on it. So I do think a lot of people um, need uh, need to do that. But again, a lot of people just don't want to, they don't want to make a demand or a request, which means they don't want to lead like Jesus. And I think that's a bigger issue that'll play out later. They probably, that's the person, the person that can't ask me to just, Hey, will you give me $100 by Friday to start my church? Like, if you can't say that you're the same person, who's not going to fire a divisive person. You're the mm. same person who's not going to go hold your kids minister accountable for frankly, just sucking at leadership in general. You're the same person that's not going to start meetings on time or end meetings on time because all of that requires accountability, confrontation, decision-making. And I can tell that up front because you, you didn't even believe me enough to start the, or believe in yourself enough to start the thing to create a standard uh, of saying, hey, give me a hundred bucks by Friday mm. or, or again, whatever the number, whatever the time frame is. Um, on yeah. that note too, just uh, this is the communication piece. You kind of alluded to it real quick. And this, this goes beyond the plant, the launch. This goes forever. Can This is more just a request to church people out there. Can we stop saying the word if or just? Every worship leader on, the, on every stage gets up, and then in between songs, they just, just God, just be with us just now, just right now, just in this time and this place. Just like stop saying that. Number one, hey, if you'll just show up, if you'll just go to the lobby, then I'll, hey, let me, when every time you say just, that's how you chipping away at standards. It's just that it's real easy, you know? And as I, I can imagine Jesus being like, hey, listen, if, if you'll if you'll just take up your cross and if you'll just like come and do something really hard, if you'll just <laughs> be crucified upside down, it is like, you just don't really hear that language. And so we're chipping away. So stop saying that, number one. The second thing we can stop saying is if. And say, hey, if if God lays it on your heart. No, no, no. I'm coming in assuming the Holy Spirit told you what he told me. And I'm going to mm. present it. Now, if I'm wrong, that's fine. You and the Holy Spirit can take, take that up. But I'm not going to give you the option of saying if. I'm asking you, hey, listen. I'm, in a, I'm asking you to invest in this church plant. I'm going to call you back by Friday, which is, again, this is good wisdom on what you did. Um, but I'm not saying if you think about it, if you'll pray about it. If well, As soon as you say if, you've told me, Sweb. You said, hey, Sweb, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the option, which is really 90% not going to happen. And so at least yeah. if. Like, that's what you're telling me. And I'm I'm a minimalist. I'm not an achiever. I don't, I don't get my jollies by overachieving. And, you know, I got friends who do that, and that's great. I'm the guy that says, hey, what's the minimum I have to do to graduate high school? And that's not a flaw in me, by the way. That makes me efficient and very fast, very nimble. So mm -hmm. if you if you tell me if I'm going to be like, oh, apparently it's not an issue. I'm not doing it. Call me later when you need when you need actually need something. Then I'll jump in. And well, I that's think, even a that's, that's a deeper thing. way. That's a deeper way to say, to not say no for someone, right? And that right. So many times we say no for people, yeah. And just let them say no if they're going to say the no. Option. Let them right. say no. And right. what we 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 found, and this is. Across the board, I think a lot of people would agree with this. We found four big areas to ask. 
yeah. and talk about money is friends and family. Yeah. We wrote down 150 names of friends and family, people that we knew, that we were acquaintances with. <laughs> like we wrote down a list and then we wrote That's down good. our launch team. I mean, yeah. like we, yeah. we asked every single person that yeah. joined our launch team over yeah. coffee. We went and had coffee with them and we, we presented to them just like we did other investors. We mm-hmm. asked churches. Mm-hmm. Um, we were lucky enough, uh, my dad's church, SoulQuest, they gave us our biggest gift and it was $10,000. That was our biggest, that was wow. by far our biggest gift. Yeah. And then we had uh, networks that we looked at and prayed through and like thought about, not just, mm-hmm. hey, Art mm-hmm. gives us, matches us $50,000, but mm-hmm. thinking it through. Mm-hmm. And so those are the four primary that we found and, and used. Would you add any to that? Would you give nuance to those? What would you say about that? Wait, what was the original question though? Sorry. Those are it's the just, four... The four areas, four primary areas to to find yeah, financial capital it. and for your vision. No, I, I think that's great. I would, no, I, I think that's probably good. Um, one thing that came to mind, and maybe this is answering your question. Um, I, when I was doing our church plant process, I'd already moved to Denver at this point, and I'd made a, not made a friend. My dad went to college with a guy. And then you know, through the magic of Facebook that had just kind of launched mid 2000s or whatever that was, my dad got on Facebook. He's like, dude, this friend, he lives in Denver. You should hit him up. Turns out this guy, he he gets paid millions of dollars or whatever to go raise billions of dollars or whatever, hundreds of millions of dollars for hospitals or whatever. He's a fundraiser mm-hmm. in a true, like that's the scientific industry of donor development. Uh, he is a Christian, but he doesn't do it for like Christian purposes. And so I sat down with him and had some questions and he told me a story of like, hey, we spent three. I got in trouble for spending $3,000 on wine and this and that. But at the party or at the event, some guy wrote us a check for 300. And so he just gave me that principle to spend three to get 300. My point Mm -hmm. to all that is um, I like the idea of reaching outside the Christian circle, if not for money, at least for insight. Um, mm-hmm. again, what are the Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos type of people, the Mark Cubans, the, the, the serial entrepreneurs, what are they doing to raise money? I'm not talking about after they have billions. I'm talking about before they were famous when Bezos was weirdly balding and, and wearing, you know, sketchers and, and, and khakis. Like what would, what did they do? I would, I would want to know the skill of fundraising because it is a skill. And that's a, that's something that we think all pastors and church planners are supposed to automatically know. But it might do some people listening to this really good to spend $5,000 of their personal uh, money to simply partner with or hire a secular donor development person to simply teach them how to do what they do, go with them, and pitch to venture mm. capitalists, essentially. But that's what I mean, like break outside of the, the church mindset because there's a lot of money out there to be had. And it's not evil. It's not weird. And we just stick in these same three wells or same four wells or same five wells, essentially, that everybody else is dipping into. I mean, as big as ARC is, and they've got big churches, of course, and all that, it's still finite compared to what Mark Cuban has, you know, yeah. and that whole industry is what I'm saying. Like, there's there's a lot more money. And people, while it doesn't pay back uh, dollar for dollar, not everybody, even in the secular world, is, is investing simply for a financial return. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that will give you money um, simply because you're doing something good. Again, if you can prove it. If you believe it, if you're not pitching but presenting, you know they'll do yeah. that too. And I just think we 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 miss out on that. So again, whether you take it as a skill or add it to your bucket of four, and you add it as a fifth one, get yeah. outside the same four conversations you're having, which is a really small minded way of talking just to church people. So yeah, that's huge. And a lot of church planters, in my experience anyway, think that churches are just going to give them money. Yeah, and 
but yeah. that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, no, you have not to even actually. I mean, the fact that your dad shirts gave you money is actually weird. I, I don't know that that's a real common thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've seen and that because that some was, churches that was like a that was a love offering. So we actually right. that dad let me travel once per once per month to a different mm-hmm. church to share our vision. Love and that. these churches took up love offerings. Yeah, and it was that was great. That was a lot of how we raised a lot of money mm-hmm. in a lot mm-hmm. of those churches. They also partnered monthly, but we yeah. had to ask, and I yeah. had to go to those pastors and say, "Hey, can I come preach at your church and take up a love offering?" I know that yep. that's like very out there, but in all honesty, like we were in desperation mode mm-hmm. in like a good way. Is yeah. we felt we felt compelled and called to this vision, and I I went to school and studied pastoral leadership in my undergrad. I got a seminary mm-hmm. degree. My mm-hmm. wife did not graduate college. We do not have employable skills outside of <laughs> out, employable uh, skills. outside of the church world. Like <laughs> I do graphic design and stuff like that. I know that. Side, I but, know that tension. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. one of those things where, like, my next best best option was to go to Starbucks. So it was yeah. it was fly or die. And mm-hmm. I think whether whether that is your case or not, you ought to operate as if it is. Yes. And get that urgency behind you. So yeah, but that goes back to the belief. You actually believed yep. what you said. You knew you were going to make it happen no matter what. And you weren't just pitching pretty words. Mm. Um, and I, again, a lot of people just frankly don't need to start a church because they only are doing it because, like you said, the marketable skill thing. They think, I don't know what else to do. I'm tired of being at my church. Or somebody said I'm a good preacher. And somehow they took that and morphed it into being an, be an entrepreneur or CEO mm. of what amounts to a Fortune 500 attempt. Like, what? So maybe maybe let me just help somebody. I think nine out of ten people listening right now who are considering starting a church probably don't need to. And I didn't make you evil, and it doesn't make me evil for pointing out the obvious. It might just mean, hey, go grow the church, big C church, go grow a church, go contribute to a church, go put your skills to use in a church. But church planting is a whole different animal, and you might not need to do it. And you'd probably do better as an executive pastor at a church of 10,000 than being a mediocre church planner of 500 for eternity, being bitter and frustrated because you can't raise more than 50 grand. So again, you believed it, you did it, and you're successful now and continue to be successful. I believe you will, but that's uncommon. But listen, again, let me say this again. That doesn't mean the people that don't start a church or come to their senses. I like that scripture in the Bible too. When the prodigal son mm-hmm. came to his senses, I wish more people would come to their senses. I lived that story. I came to my senses one time or two or three or a hundred times. Um, that doesn't make them bad if they come to their senses and say, my skills are best used somewhere else too. That actually helps all of us in the brand of Christianity that we do best at what we can not just operate out of this hopeful mindset that, you know, this may pan out. So that's, that's another word for somebody else, hopefully, but, but yeah. Sheesh. That's, I do have another thought that's unrelated to it's, it's on money, but it goes back about 30 minutes to what we were talking about a minute ago. Can I, can I say this real quick? Go for it. You, you do this. I come from Elevation Church who I think currently is still giving at the 12% rate of dollars that come in, go right back out through outreach. Some people call it missions or whatever. And mm-hmm. I love that. I think everybody to an extent should give back into the community. That's actually why churches in the United States are given that tax-free nonprofit status because years ago when the church was doing this correctly, and of course the government was operating slightly more correctly, then um, they said, hey, the churches are already feeding the homeless. They're already doing the things that we need. So we'll we'll make we'll let you not pay taxes so that we don't we don't need the tax money to then go do what the churches should be doing. So that's why we have that. So the churches should be doing those sort of feed the homeless, care for the widows. And again, those scriptures that we love to highlight um, and take a little bit too out of context. But I think people should do that. My, my point, though, to, to flip that a little bit is 
I feel like some people jump a little too quickly into the massive percentage giving. Now, I'm not calling you out for it. If that's what God mm-hmm. calls you and you want to do it, keep doing it. That's fine. But it's another one of those things that people say out of a good feeling, not good logic. So I don't know that I buy the logic that, well, hey, if we're asking the people to tithe, then the church should tithe. I'm not seeing that in Scripture um, where, hey, because you tithe, then we're going to—the church now has to also give 10%. I, again, I think it's fine if you do that. And if I'm missing the Scripture, somebody could email us and give us a hot comment here on this podcast. That's fine. But I just think sometimes I find most of the time people are like, well, Elevation gives 12% or such and such church. They built the Dream Center, so we need to do that. I was like, hey— are you operating the muscle of generosity? Are you out in the community caring for people? That's what I want to know. It's not a percentage dollar amount. So you did 10. Again, Elevation does 12. A lot of people have tried to copy that, and it's comical. Um, some people do five. Some people do four. I, I coach people all the time on this, church planners. Put in your put in your um, budget, you know, some sort of, hey, outward flow. You know, hey, we're also going to support three other church plants at $500 mm-hmm. a month or whatever. Do Do all that stuff. That's fine. Put that into the budget. But don't arbitrarily just sign up for a percentage number that's going to be real hard to keep up with. Again, I have really solid experience with how that number grows real quick and people find it really hard. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of churches might think they're generous because they give out, you know, let's say a million dollars a year. Yeah, but 12 percent of one hundred and ten million dollars. That's a lot of money that most people don't want to give up. And that requires Mm -hmm. some substantial discipline. Um, And so. I just think I'm giving somebody hopefully permission or license here to not arbitrarily pick the five, 10% outreach slash missions money dollar amount, simply put it into your system to give and be a part of it. Make sure you know where it's going. Don't arbitrarily pick a number and then have to go scramble to find a place to send it. Yeah. Um, so build it into your heart of your church. Yes. But do it with the right mindset is my point. Um, Cause otherwise I feel like that yeah. goes sideways too. So again, I'm not saying you, obviously you shouldn't do it and other churches yep. should or shouldn't. Again, I'm not picking on anybody in particular. I just want people to think about that. And most don't, that's an arbitrary budget number. A lot of people throw out there. Yeah. And that goes back to the question that, that you ask a lot on thinkless. And I think that's the whole yeah. <laughs> concept yeah, of the right. podcast is, yeah. did you think about it? Did, did you, you think, think about, about it? All and yeah. is it your vision or is it Stephen Furtick's vision or is right. it, Pastor Chris Hodges or Ed Young yes. or fill in the blank. Right. Like, is it your vision or is it theirs? That's so right. I guess to wrap it up, Sweb, you got any parting words for us on oh, finances man. and church plans? Uh, I mean, ask for more, be clear, believe what you say, make a presentation, not a pitch. And then at the end of the day, spend a lot less. You should legitimately literally have a written down goal. Make it one of your Trinity value statements, Right. Love God, love people, spend less. You know, put that on your wall too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Well I, I can't, well, I can't remember all the, uh, what are the Ark ones or the Highlands ones that are always, everybody's got the same ones, but whatever they are, add the one at the bottom of it says, you know, spend less freaking money. And yeah. that's okay too. You can actually spend less. Um, even when you have a lot, you can still spend less. Um, yeah. And just strive to that. Now, that doesn't mean be cheap. It doesn't mean be cheap. It just means be you smart, can always, be wise. You can always so. find the waste though. And that's something Always. that we've talked about. Yes. And recently we actually implemented and yeah. we found that we were wasting some money on some texting yes. software. We were subscribed to too high of a rate and that's $10 <laughs> a month, but that stuff adds up. 
You know, like yeah, it, dude. it adds up. So there's lots of waste all over okay, the place. Okay, hang on. Now we can't end And you ought to talk about donuts and coffee real quick. Okay. Can, I was going to say, can we can <laughs> we make a list of like the top hundred things churches waste money on of any size? Yeah. I've seen here we go. $100 million uh, size. Is, I've seen it the $50 million size. Okay. Swib's top five things. How about that? <laughs> top five? I'm going to I'm gonna get going, but I might I might end at like 93 or something. Um, in no particular order, um, I think, I think one of the ones you just touched on, I'll just make them big buckets maybe, like is the communication thing. We started with a text process. We bought, you know, I think, I don't know if your version of it is credits. The church mm-hmm. I currently go to, you buy essentially credits to, to spend yeah. on this texting software. And then you get them and it's like, well, now we just got to get some more. And you just keep doing it because it sounds easy. But then nobody ever asks, did it work? Who showed up because of the text? Um, so that'd be an example, paying for MailChimps and things like that. Do you need the upgraded version or can you do the standard version? You know, those kind of things. So a lot of people waste money on the subscription services is ultimately what I'm saying. And they don't go back and recheck the relevance. Um, it worked for once, but they didn't recheck relevance. So that's one. Another tr- thing people waste money on is advertising. Oh my gosh. Can we talk for four hours on advertising? Facebook ads, mailers, uh, billboards, all those, they're all by themselves fine. There's nothing wrong with mailers. I really truly don't think there's a problem with mailers. The problem with all advertising is, is when people do respond to what you tell them and they show up and it's false advertising, yeah. now that's that's irreversible. Having people yep. not show up to mediocrity is way better than having you promise amazement. They show up and be like, what the crap is this? They will never yep. come back. We all know because we've seen Yelp and we've seen Google reviews that people most yep. communicate negatively. They'll sell you, they'll sell negativity way before they say, hey, that was a really great experience. This sermon was awesome. They're not putting that in the comment section. They're putting out yep. crappy it was in the comment section. Well, so don't false and, advertise. And a rule of thumb of how not to false advertise is if you have to use a stock photo to advertise oh, what you want to advertise, then you shouldn't advertise it. If you don't, don't have advertise. photos and videos to prove yes. what you are saying, right. do not advertise that thing. Right. And yep. Up until recently, we did not ever advertise any kids That's right. anything. That's right. And because we have a bunch of 25-year-olds that don't have kids yet. Like, right. we, don't, we don't have yeah. kids. And That's so, wisdom in knowing who you are huge. right there. That's, That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. That's good wisdom on your part. So just know who you are. Be okay with it. That's, this is what we do. We don't do albums all, right, so all we the got time. Sub- Stop doing that. We got subscriptions. Um, we got ads. We got ads. I think uh, the extra ministries or initiatives. So albums is a funny one. You know, hey, we're a church of 300 people. We've been going for nine months. We're going to have a revival at our church. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to record an album because God gave me a song. A song or a series of 40 that you chip down into a, a, an eight-song album? Which one is it? Uh, well, we got that one song that we sing at youth camp that repeats forever. It's it's longer than The Blessing, which I didn't know there's a song longer than The Blessing. But, like, it's it's super <laughs> long, and we, we feel like we got an album in us. Hey, dude, you're a church plant with no money. So calm down on that. Like, you can do that yeah. at some point later, but calm down on that. Um, so anything extra like that, any ministries, men's ministry, women's ministry, extra stuff. Um, another big bucket, you, you said this earlier, but I'll pick on this, is coffee and donuts. Or that's a really, you know— cliche American, let's be fat and lazy sort of way to talk about, hey, let's use extracurricular uh, activities. Let's use inanimate objects to build what we're going to call community. Hey, grab mm-hmm. a cup of coffee and a friend in the lobby, man. That's how we build communities with donuts and coffee. You know, Groeschel does it. No, no, no. Don't make that sentence. Groeschel didn't build his church on coffee and donuts. Stop saying that. Just because Craig Groeschel has donuts <laughs> doesn't mean that's how they built the country's largest church or whatever. But Craig Groeschel eats donuts? A little too, well, no, Craig, of course, doesn't. I don't think Craig <laughs> smells donuts. <laughs> I think Craig has a guy simply to keep him away from donuts. Just say, oh, there's a cloud over there. Don't go there. 
So <laughs> unless they make donuts out of carrots, I think that's the only thing he would do. So, um, but yes, but the point is, but a lot of people would quote that. A lot of people say, you know, you can get all that coffee you want in the Life Church lobbies. And it's great. I've been there, done that, love it, love the church, love the friends there. But that's not how they made the church. So a lot of people would spend money on yeah. those extra type of things. You've heard of the egg drop at Elevation, for example. Now mm-hmm. everyone in the world wants to do seven of those a year. Fine. It's okay. And for some reason, it doesn't seem to grow everybody's church like they thought it would. It said it was a cool event that got them in the newspaper to false advertise people came back. Well, if you just want to throw $10,000 out of a helicopter, just put me out there and write me a check. I'll do it for five. Mm-hmm. How about that? Just wait, throw me $5,000. I'll save you money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah. all that extra stuff. So there's a few buckets. That's a rant. I don't want to keep going. But like there's a lot of wasted money. To go back to your your point, you can chase the waste. Everybody can find the leak. There, There's countless leaks. And just ask at the end of the day, is this doing what we said it would do? Mm. Not is it cool? Is it fun? Do I like it? If you want donuts simply so that you don't have to make breakfast in the morning, then put them in the green room or get yourself donuts on the church credit card. I don't think that's a problem. That's not evil. It's not illegal. And we can have another episode on all the things we think is illegal in money. Church world, it's not. We just think it's weird because we didn't like the pastor who did it before. It's not bad if you have a Range Rover. You can do all that. Again, another episode for money later. But the point is... Don't don't buy coffee and donuts simply because you want something to eat. Um, and so mm. th- those kind of things. Did it, did it work? Is it doing what we said it would do? And then, of course, is it aligned with the actual mission and vision of the church? Uh, not just extra cool thing that, again, isn't working to begin with. So, dude, that's a hot that's a hot button. I'm, I'm standing about four soap boxes up in the air right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good place to end before your yeah. head explodes. So, yes, that's yes, good. Yeah, this has been good and super helpful and being almost two years into our church plant, this is helpful mm-hmm. to me to hear yeah. again. But also, I know pre-launch, this would have been even more helpful to have someone say some yeah. things like this. So yeah. if you are a church planter and you're in the world, you know church planters, share this with them and yes, please get this knowledge out to them. Also, if you don't mind, give us a follow subscription on Spotify or Apple and a rating and a review. And yes. uh, man, we're here every Tuesday. I think it's every what Tuesday. five a.m. Central. So Central Time. You ought to get up at five a.m. Central just, just to, to listen wait. to. Just, just <laughs> wait for that. Just to <laughs> wait for it, man. <laughs> but yeah, one size fits none. Yeah. We'll see you guys on the flip, deep flip. Peace.